This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. Even a sip of any kind of fermented beverage. <gasps> and I know of pastors that, that I love and respect that are convinced that when the Bible talks about wine and Jesus drinking wine, well, it wasn't really fermented. It was something else. It was like grape juice that was, I don't know, why do we have to just, you know, jump through hoops and play games with ourselves about stuff. Why do we have to do that? Listen, the Bible condemns drunkenness. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the church's list of rules? In today's message, Pastor Robert shares how those rules can destroy relationships within the church body, and he encourages us to not let our liberty in Christ be the cause for someone else to stumble. God is concerned with the condition of the heart. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert with today's message. We're not going to put on you a law that we couldn't keep. Here's what you need to do. And I believe it was for the sake of unity, the first part. Don't eat food that's been sacrificed to idols. If, if the animal has been offered to an idol, don't eat it. Don't eat the blood. And don't eat an animal that's been strangled. Now, Paul later would clarify that. Apparently, it created confusion and, and, and uh, conflict. And, the, you know, they're still arguing about it later on. And, and people were... were so strictly trying to adhere to the letter of the law that they were literally going into their market or wherever they would buy their meat and, and, and saying, hey, has that been strangled? Or if they got invited over to dinner, you know, they, they'd ask their host, was that sacrificed to an idol by any chance? And Paul says, you don't have to do that. Don't do that. Just pray, give thanks, and eat the food. That's all you need to do. Now, if they tell you, Hey, listen, just so you know, this was sacrificed to an idol. Well, then don't eat it. It's, a, it's an issue of conscience. There's whatever. Just get that point. Just say, okay, thanks for telling me. No problem. You know, I'll eat something else. He says, you don't have to ask. Jesus himself said, it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him. It's so important, even for us, to know that. You know, there are people that just, it's like a soapbox. If you have even a sip of any kind of fermented beverage... <gasps> and I know of pastors that, that I love and respect that are convinced that when the Bible talks about wine and Jesus drinking wine, well, it wasn't really fermented. It was something else. It was like grape juice that was, I don't know, why do we have to just, you know, 
jump through hoops and play games with ourselves about stuff. Why do we have to do that? Listen, the Bible condemns drunkenness. Drunkenness. If you got a buzz, it was sin. You understand? If you didn't, the Bible doesn't condemn it. It just doesn't. You can't get it from the Scriptures. We need to, to understand that what God is always, 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 always concerned about is what's happening in here. What's going on in here? Did you set out to get a little bit of a buzz? Well, he says, you're messing up. You're messing up. And see, that's the, that's the whole point. It's destructive in your life. It misses the mark. That's what sin means. And he's trying to protect you. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to help you out. And that's the issue. What is it that's taking place? What's going on in your, in your life? And, and these people were, no, 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 no. We got you know, It's got to be like this and got to be like this and got to be like this. And the Jerusalem council says, no, it doesn't. Just listen, just don't be a stumbling block to your Jewish brothers and sisters who have for their entire lives, for centuries even, for generations, they have been keeping kosher. Don't be a stumbling block to them. Don't let your liberty, don't let your freedom in Christ be a cause for offense. Just refrain from these things. My wife and I enjoy a glass of wine together, not every night, but almost. One glass, maybe a glass and a half. We're careful. We don't do it in public. Why not? Not trying to hide it. It's on tape. But I never know. I never know who may have some kind of weird problem with. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that, that I may not recognize or somebody who, you know, I may not realize that there's someone who struggles with alcoholism that and you know what? We had that happen. We had it happen at a wedding years ago where this wonderful Christian couple, no way would they have wanted to cause anyone any offense or any kind of harm, but their families didn't understand the whole thing, insisted on having champagne and you know the whole big full-blown celebration. And we had one couple in the family at that time. This was a long time ago. And both of them fell off the wagon that night. And have never fully recovered. It's been like 10 years or more. Now, understand, I love both of those couples. And both of them are going to give an account. Do you understand? We have to remember, God takes this stuff seriously. And what He's concerned about is, what's going on in here? You know, what's going on in here? Just be sensitive to one another. Be loving toward one another. Don't, be, don't give cause for offense. But the other thing, listen, the other thing in the letter, the other thing that He said is no fornication. No fornication. Now, that's a word we don't use too much these days. Sexual immorality is the way the New King James Version words it. The idea, listen to me carefully, because I realized two weeks ago in the second service, I didn't make this clear enough. What that means is no sexual activity outside marriage. That's what he's talking about. We like to play games with terminology because we are such legalists, you know. No sexual activity outside marriage. And just so we don't misunderstand anything, Jesus even defined marriage for us in Matthew 19, 4 and 5. And people will get upset and frustrated and argue and get mad over this thing. But listen, argue with Jesus. Don't, I didn't say it. I'm just quoting. He said that in the beginning, God created the male and female. And that it is written for this cause, because God created the male and female, He's instituted this loving, protective parameter called marriage. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united or cleave himself unto his wife, 
and the two will become one flesh. Now that's Jesus on marriage. You follow me? That's his definition. So as they're dealing with all this stuff, they get the letter. Verse 30 tells us that when they were sent off from Jerusalem, this delegation now sent back to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they'd read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. They're all thinking, oh, thank God we don't have to, you know, give up our bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches, and none of us is going to have to be circumcised. I mean, can, can you imagine being circumcised in the age when there was no aspirin, no anesthesia, no nothing. I mean, I can't even imagine getting a tooth pulled back then, let alone being circumcised. And that's what these people were facing. That's what they were being told. You know, you got 60-year-old men that have accepted Jesus, and now you got this bunch saying, oh, well, you know, a couple more things we need to deal with here. And now they're finding out, nope, Jesus dealt with all of it. You don't have to worry about it. Verse 32, now Judas and Silas themselves being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. And after they'd stayed there for a long time, they were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now, there's an underlying theme in this passage that I want you to notice. I would say that the theme is diversity. We see the parting of ways twice involving different people. Silas and Judas, verse 22 tells us he was also called Barsabbas, the son of rest or son of the, son of the Sabbath. They had come you know, with this delegation. They, they came back delivering this letter, representing the Jerusalem council, the leadership back in Jerusalem. They, they've now come to Antioch and they, they deliver the letter. They explain it. They probably have a little Q&A time. Anything you don't understand about fornication, guys, come on, ask us now. You know, the thing about the animals, the sacrifice to the idol thing. And then now it's time to go home. The folks in Antioch say, okay, you, you know, just go back to Jerusalem. And Silas says, I don't think so. I think I'm going to stay here. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will be back with another message from God's Word soon. But in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of previous broadcasts, as well as a link to our Facebook page. Like our page to keep up to date on everything happening at Main Thing Radio, and add some encouragement to your newsfeed. Right now, we'd like to take a minute to tell you how you can support the ministry of Main Thing Radio. We're so blessed to be a part of God's kingdom advancement through these broadcasts. But just as with any ministry, there are significant costs involved. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in our continuing ministry here at Main Thing Radio? This month, we have a special thank you gift. For any donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a copy of Philip Yancey's book, What's So Amazing About Grace? This book takes a deep look at what grace means at a practical level in the midst of the trials and triumphs faced by everyday people. 
Yancey explores tragic historical events and discusses how we can find and show grace. If you feel led to contribute or would like more information, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click on Donate at the top of the page. From all of us at Main Thing Radio, we want to thank you for joining us for today's message. Be sure to tune in again right here on Main Thing Radio.